Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 406. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 406. Our first sponsor spotlight focuses on Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms, large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. For the third year since our first Slow Flower Summit, Johnny's has curated a very special American Flowers Week seed collection as a gift for attendees of the Slow Flowers Summit. I'm especially excited to see what our friends at Johnny's put together for us because I know the selection will be inspired by the American Flowers Week botanical couture look created from Johnny's trial gardens by our member Rain Grace Hoke of Flora's Muse. You can learn lots more about Johnny's and read many of my articles at johnnysseeds.com. Our theme for 2019, 50 States of Slow Flowers, continues today with Randy Greiner of Minnesota's Beezy Blooms. Listen for my conversation with Randy in the second portion of this episode. While I'm 100% focused on putting the finishing touches on the upcoming Slow Flowers Summit, which arrives in less than two weeks, today's guests are similarly obsessed with a unique event they're planning for this coming September. It's a floral destination workshop unlike any I've come across, and Slow Flowers has signed on as a media sponsor. Plus, I'll be joining this workshop as a presenter. My guests are Kelly Shore of Petals by the Shore, based in Damascus, Maryland, and Mary-Kate Canane of The Local Bouquet, located in Little Compton, Rhode Island. They are both longtime Slow Flowers members and past guests of this podcast. So check out links to previous appearances in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Kelly and Mary-Kate have been dreaming up their new project called The Floral Field Trip for more than a year, and they have been laying the groundwork for this workshop tour series by researching and visiting flower farms across the U.S. The Floral Field Trip was born from an idea of connecting America's flower farmers with professional floral designers. As designers, there is a rich opportunity to highlight each region's most beautiful flowers and foliages year-round. Seasonality happens throughout the country, 365 days, 12 months of the year, they say. This means if you look close enough, there's always something blooming. But without the knowledge of each region's growing patterns, a designer is left to source what grows seasonally in their own region, while often admiring different parts of the U.S. from afar. Kelly and Mary-Kate say, admire from afar, no more. This is where their project, The Floral Field Trip, comes in. With the tagline, A U.S. Floral Buying Experience, 
The floral field trip is designed to meet the needs of professional florists to introduce them to specific flower farms, crops, varieties, regions, and technical information like care and handling. Kelly and Mary Kate believe that knowledge is power and to truly walk the talk of being a slow flowers minded creative, you must educate yourself about the premium flowers, foliages, and botanical products with which you design. This year's inaugural trip takes place at Vermont's Mountain Flower Farm, and the product focus is the hydrangea. The dates are September 22nd to 24th, 2019. There's much more to learn, but I'll let these talented ladies tell you more about it during our interview, recorded over Skype a few weeks ago during their site visit to Vermont, where they were putting the finishing touches on the tour. Before we jump in, let me tell you a little bit more about each of our guests. Kelly Shore says this, My entire life, I've gravitated toward anything creative. It gives me joy to be able to take something that never existed and bring it to reality. In 2000, my floral journey began in a small campus flower shop at the University of Illinois. What began as a curiosity to know more about floral design quickly became a passion that I didn't know would become my future. I went on to receive my Bachelor's of Arts in Advertising and from there a Master's in Elementary Education. In between studying for those degrees, I designed small weddings for close friends and family. I loved being asked to do this and could never say no. After several years, I couldn't hold back my passion for floral design, and Petals by the Shore was born in 2011. I'm so proud that after eight years in business, I've developed many amazing relationships throughout the Washington, D.C. area and across the country, not only with my clients, but with venues, caterers, planners, and photographers. My clients know that I listen to their needs and work tirelessly to create unique, one-of-a-kind experiences. I'm a stickler for details and the use of high-quality American-grown flowers and foliage. Petals by the Shore has been featured in national and local magazines and blogs such as Martha Stewart Weddings, Florist Review, Washingtonian Bride and Groom, Style Me Pretty, Weddings Unveiled, Cottage Hill, Ruffled, Once Wed, and United with Love, among many others. I'm proud to be a supporter of America's flower farmers, and I seek to support them and their growth and sustainability in the American agriculture industry in all that I do. I always strive to get the majority, if not all, of my products from locally grown and American flower farms. Not only am I providing support to their farms and their communities, but I'm also providing my clients with the freshest, longest lasting and unique blooms. And since I gravitate toward lush, highly textured designs with diverse mixtures of blossoms and foliages, it's the only way to go for me. That's Kelly, and now let's hear from Mary-Kate. She says this, At the local bouquet, we have taken two things we love, weddings and seasonal flowers, and combined them to bring you the most beautiful designs for your special day. We are committed to creating gorgeous floral decor that complements the chosen time of year of your wedding while giving you a more eco-friendly option, and that is why we have committed to using 100% American-grown flowers only. From a gorgeous bridal bouquet made of all locally grown flowers to an elegant arbor overflowing with lush greens and colorful blooms, our designs are personal to you and your style. All of our ingredients are gathered fresh from our local flower farms, foraged from our own farm, and sourced from the best growers in the United States. You can feel good that the flowers that will surround you on your wedding day are not only beautiful, but they are also good for the earth and support flower farmers locally and in the U.S. We think flowers should come from local farms and be free of chemicals. That is why we are committed to the field-to-vase movement that is happening across the United States. Join us in celebrating American flower farmers. Well, now it's time to listen to 
both of my guests, so please meet the co-founders of The Floral Field Trip. I'll have links, photos, and many more resources for you to find in today's show notes for episode 406 at deborahprincing.com. Let's jump right in and get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to have two guests. I have wonderful returning guests, Mary-Kate Kinane of The Local Bouquet. She's based in Little Compton, Rhode Island, and Kelly Shore of Petals by the Shore, and Kelly's based in Damascus, Maryland, and they are both returning guests of this podcast. Hi, ladies. Tell us where you are (laughs) right now. Uh, We are in uh, Warren, Vermont, um, nestled right in the Green Mountains in the Mad River Valley, um, and we are visiting Mountain Flower Farm for the next two days. Okay, that sounds pretty cool, and Vermont is a little bit away from home, Kelly, so... um... <laughs> I know I know what you're up to because the project that you're going to tell us about is something that uh, Slow Flowers is sponsoring as a media sponsor. So your project is called the Floral Field Trip. And if anybody's been on Instagram and seen the Floral Field Trip feed or stories, they've been treated to some really beautiful images, images of you two and the places you've visited um, and the farms that you um, are trying to shine a light on. So tell us what is the floral field trip? So the floral field trip is a full immersion experience for professional floral designers like Kelly and I. Um, It was started with the um, just love for our farmers that Kelly and I have and how we think it's so important that other floral designers connect with their farmers in person um, I mean, we're lucky enough to speak for myself in Rhode Island and um, my nearby Massachusetts farmers. I'm lucky enough to have a one-on-one connection with my farmers that I buy from weekly. And my company over the last six years has just grown tremendously because of that relationship. And um, I know Kelly will say the same for her in Maryland. Um, we're just so blessed with those relationships. And we want other floral designers to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really an immersion experience, hands-on, in-person, um, in-depth. yeah, in-depth experience for other designers to take time as business owners to do sort of the not fun part of floral designing, which is sourcing sometimes <laughs> and, you know, the, the nitty-gritty part I'll say about business, you know, about locating the perfect flowers and um, getting the stem counts and the colors perfect. So we just want to connect the farmer to the floral designer, but in an Mm -hmm. in-person, personal relationship Mm -hmm. kind of way, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. And it it seems like the two of you have been kind of doing this individually in your own uh, personal sourcing, and you've you've shared back and forth ideas and frustrations and and also heard from your peers on this topic, right? Yeah, most definitely. That was one of the things we were just chatting about. you know, on a weekly basis, our peers reach out to us. They see that we're being successful and are sourcing over, you know, for me, the last um, five years, really focusing on where my flowers are coming from. And I know for Mary-Kate, how long has it been for you? Six years. Six years. So we've been, we've been doing this roughly about the same time. Um, and each year we get stronger and stronger, but it's, we've really had to put in the time 
and it's not something that happened overnight. Um, our our peers reach out to us because they see the beautiful varieties that we're sourcing year round, and they want to know how to do it too. But there's an intimidation factor that we have found. They don't know where to start. They, you know, are overwhelmed with the idea of reaching out to farmers. Um, and our goal when we came together was really just to empower our um, peers in this industry um, and just kind of break down those walls and to cultivate a um, community where growth can happen and communication can grow mm. between the farmers and the florist. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Slow Flowers is all about. So, of course, we wanted to support this uh, kind of quasi-retreat, quasi-study re- uh, sort of study retreat and then also, um, you know, inspiration session. And I I mean, I love the way you've set it up. I mean, there's so many educational opportunities in the market, but I don't, I don't think I've quite seen one the way you've structured it. Um, And I know you probably did a lot of due diligence to try to figure out how best to structure this kind of, as you said, immersive experience. Um, What it, how did it, how did you narrow down all the, you know, we had so many choices. How did you narrow down like the structure of what is at least, um, you know, in a perfect situation, how we're, how will the uh, attendee experience the floral field trip? Yeah, I think as business owners, you're right. There's a lot in the market right now for us to invest our own money in and our time, especially away from our companies and our families to go and get further education but I think what was lacking in the market was this, um, yeah, hands-on, full immersion. Um, we're calling it a buying trip, essentially, mm-hmm. for, you know, professional floral designers. I mean, I just envision any other market, like if you're in textiles, you're going to see the raw material in whatever country or whatever mill. And so we need that in the floral industry. We need to see where the product is grown, how it's grown, who's growing it. And, you know, Kelly and I were just at Mountain Flower Farm here in Vermont, and it's amazing seeing the product. You know, it's one thing to see it online and even the stock imagery, but to see how it's grown, the exact color, the smell, to meet the farmer, it just sells the product. I mean, you want to go back and support that farmer and get that into every design you can. Yeah, I mean, we spent three hours out on the farm in the heat of the day with him. I mean, he's covered in dirt. He's totally just, you know, invested in making this farm succeed um, for the last 20 years and just walk the field with us. That's that's one of the most important parts of these trips to us is walking the field with the farmer, hearing their story, um, learning about the varieties they're growing, their successes they've had, um, where they failed, why they failed, you know, whether they learned if this didn't grow well in their region. Um, it makes us better designers and it makes us more inclined to buy their product mm-hmm. because we feel further connected because we know their story. I mean, as designers, we're floral storytellers. So it just deepens that story that we're telling um, from our perspective and the farmers and our, and our clients. Um, I think too, like the market didn't need another pretty conference. Nope. <laughs> this is the type of conference where you're going to go, you're going to get your boots and your hands dirty And you're going to learn the ins and the outs of that flower so that you understand seasonality, you understand the pricing, you understand everything so that we can become experts. Yeah. 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 And that kind of um, facet of being a successful 
floral designer, that product knowledge component yeah. has definitely uh, been diluted over, I don't know, the last 50, de- you know, five decades, 50 years where people are further removed from agriculture, further yeah. removed from gardening. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a renaissance going on, but for a long period of time, I remember back in like the early 2000s when I was interviewing florists for Romantic Homes magazine, I cannot tell you how many times I would interview, I'd have a whole set of film, I'd be looking at this be- these beautiful arrangements, I'd be on the phone with some florist in LA or something, and these poor people did not know what the botanical name was of what they designed with. So we had a really hard time communicating because I did know them yeah. and I, I'd ask the botanical name and the, the florist would literally not know what Lissamaki was. She didn't know it, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I'd have to go, well, let's see, I think the common name is gooseneck. Like, you know, it's just kind of a, this lack of you know yeah. translation you're kind of closing the gap by saying we're going to go deep into certain categories of flowers, uh, farm by farm, and offer um, that chance for the farmer to really teach us uh, what we need to know to be better at what we're doing. Yeah, I think, too, we want to highlight each region's seasonality. Mm. Like, I don't think it's anymore to say, well, I live in the Northeast, for instance, where I'm from. I live in the Northeast. It, you know, our wedding season is you know, May to October, I can't get things in the shoulder months. Well, no, if you understand seasonality across the United States, you can source 365, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's just putting that power back on the floral designer and educating all of us, even Kelly and I, we're learning things every day Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Well, you two are inquisitive and curious and you want to know this information (laughs) and you're kind of free, you're you're kind of plant geeks in that regard. Um, Do you think that other florists uh, will come along and kind of have that heightened level of curiosity. Uh, I think you just maybe need to get one of these floral field trips under your belt and then then word will get out that, hey, this is a, a really good investment for my dollar. Oh, I, I definitely think there is a curiosity level, but with any new concept out there, it takes time mm-hmm. to grow. Um, you know, we're, like Mary Kate said, we're heavily saturated in the market right now with just options. Um, but the designers that are very invested and wanting to either further the way that they're sourcing local and American grown or wanting to make a change in their business, they're going to invest, you know, the time and the money to, to join us and to develop these relationships. One of the most important parts is that we want to, um, stride is that we're not, it's just not a pretty trip. It's not, we're not taking you to pretty farms and idyllic places and just showing you things that you can't get. We are choosing farms that either sell directly to designers or also sell to wholesalers. Like while he's selling through the floral reserves. Oh, and, yeah. Um, Kelly, tell us, tell us about Walt. What's his whole name and what's the name of his farm? So his name is Walt Krakowski. And his farm is Mountain Flower Farm in Warren, Vermont. Okay. He has been farming for over 20 years. Um, and he started growing 20 years ago specifically towards um, floral designers. Uh, there's, you can push products further um, with them. And he just found mm-hmm. that they appreciated his product in a way that, you know, maybe a farmer's market or, you know, another outlet didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So he really focused on that. And there are, you know, farms out there that focus on floral designers. There's some that sell for farmers. They all have a different 
sure. need. Um, but what I appreciate about Walt and other flower farmers is there's multiple ways to get his product. Mm. So, you know, for example, like his peonies, you know, you have, if you're buying directly from the farm, you need to buy it in um, 100 stem bunches. Um, if I'm buying it through DV Flora, which he'll possibly be selling to for his peonies, maybe I only need two bunches. And the same for the floral reserve too, which he sells through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have multiple avenues in order to get his product. It's going to be different price points based on how I'm sourcing it. Sure. But that is, that's the information that we're, you know, equipping the attendees with. If you need a hundred stems of a Sarah Bernhardt, here's what it's going to cost getting it from him. If you only need 20 stems and you're going to get that from DV Flora or the Floral Reserve, here's what that is going to cost. Right. You know, just setting, the biggest thing is setting up designers to go home and have that knowledge, not just go home with these ideas and that, but they have the knowledge in the front of them that when they're sitting down selling weddings a year in advance, six months in advance, they know where they're going to get the product from, that it's not you know, a crapshoot, like (laughs) it's not stabbing in the dark, you know, they have definitive knowledge out there. So the trip, the first um, chapter of the floral field trip is going to, um, to Vermont to see this amazing farm and it's in September. So peonies won't be in bloom. What is his specialty in September and what were you trying to highlight in terms of product knowledge? we're going to be highlighting his hydrangea crop, which is one of his bigger, you know, productions. Um, and yeah, the, the peonies will be done, but the foliage will still be there. Sure. You we're can also going to that. be highlighting. Yeah. We're still going to be highlighting um, the fall foliage in general, because, mm-hmm. you know, Vermont is just on fire at that time of year and it's going to be gorgeous. Mm. He grows three different varieties of nine bark. Um, and just lots of other things on the farm that we're going to be able to pull from to highlight those hydrangeas. Well, I've seen some of the photos that you've shared. And um, in terms of, like, depth of selection, it was it, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, <laughs> it kind of it's kind of one of those hard to get in volume crops anyway, unless you're importing them. So it's so nice to know that there's a, a yeah. U.S. Um, farm that has large quantities in case you ha- need a thousand stems for like an epic wedding or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, mm. definitely. So uh, can you say the dates and talk a little bit about uh, what the attendees are going to experience when they, when they come? Sure. Um, so well, first thing um, we will be staying at a farm um, that's just down the road from the flower farm. It's called no farm. Okay. And, um, we have not visited yet. We've seen it online, but that's our trip tomorrow. <laughs> Great. Um, but <laughs> we'll watch so your stories. <laughs> yes, everybody watch your stories. Um, so they raise um, Icelandic sheep and grow organic blueberries, but they have a refuge retreat area and a yurt village that is specifically for large groups to be able to gather. And when we were looking for a place um, for us to gather as a community, that just encompassed everything that we wanted to achieve. Um, it is really important for us to have our peers and um, a community that can grow together, that can lean on one another, that can um, pick each other's brains and, you know, 
celebrate successes and, you know, discuss failures and just keep pushing through because, you know, anytime you're trying to do something new or make change, there's going to be challenges. And to know that you're in it with other people, is really empowering. So the, so we'll the, there and the, the, um, the yurt village and their chef on property, which will be cooking us three organic locally sourced meals a day is included in the ticket price. And um, we'll start with a cocktail hour um, at Knoll Farm on Sunday evening, September 22nd, um, where we'll just gather together. We'll have all of our speakers um, with us. You'll get to meet Walt. And then Monday, we'll spend um, all morning and afternoon on the farm. We'll walk the fields with him. We'll hear his story. We'll see how he harvests. Maybe we'll, we're hoping that we get to also assist in some harvesting because I think that there's uh, a lot of learning that goes on when you see, you know, stem length, understand, you know, what are they looking for in the formation of the bloom, you know, like what stage is that, mm-hmm. those things. Um, and then we're going to see how does he prepare it to ship? Um, what is it going to look like on your end when you receive his product? What's the care and handling of, the, of his product when it's farm fresh? Um and then, you know, we're going to have a fun excursion out in the area. Um, we've heard that there's an amazing waterfall nearby. Um, there's a winery. There's a lot of things that we're kind of checking out while we're here the next two days. Uh, That's so cool. On Monday as well, we want to have a couple breakout sessions. We're going to have a breakout session with you, with Allison Ellis um, of Real Flower Business and Simeon Dune of the floor we serve, um, those breakout sessions will be um, spread out over Monday and Tuesday. And then, Mary-Kate, want to talk about Tuesday? Yeah, so we are going to be harvesting two right from Walt's um, fields. And we're going to be producing a photo shoot, not, you know, us instructing on design techniques because we're all professional floral designers. Mm -hmm. We just want it to be more, you know, community-based and, all about the product. Um, and so we're going to design both a bridal bouquet, which Sarah Collier is going to shoot um, from Taken by Sarah. Yep. She's going to be joining us in Vermont. And That'd she's amazing with photographing flowers in general. Um, so we're going to do a bridal look. And then we are also going to do a foam free ceremony um, arch mm. structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of content for people to walk away with, which is all always good when you're going to a conference like this. Um, you know, they'll have tangible material to be able to look back and to also pitch to their future clients. That's exciting. Okay. So, um, people are still signing up. You still have spaces available and, um, tell people how they can register and like what the pricing is and just, just, sort of drop it on us so people who can hear about this now in you know the early part of the summer can still have time to maybe start saving their pennies or setting aside their budget to sign up for uh, September. Yeah, of course. Um, so again, it's September 22nd to 24th. Um, it does not include your flights or your um, travel, um, but it does include your accommodations, your three-night stay at Knoll Farm includes your three meals a day and includes um, the rest of the conference. Okay, so it sounds like it's like 
a big trip. It's three days, three nights, all these meals, all this instruction and access to the materials. How are you pricing it? Um, it is priced at $2,400. Um, and we've been running some specials throughout um, the last few months. And I know that we have some more coming up. Um, usually it's about $200 to $250 off a person when mm -hmm. we do run our specials. So people can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and see when those specials come up. They can also sign up for our newsletter. Um, we just sent one out where we introduced all of our speakers and what they will be discussing in their breakout sessions. And are you, you have a payment plan, right? We do. We have a two-part payment plan. Um, people just need to, you know, request it, uh, through email. Okay. Um, or you can, you can go on the website and there is the option to click on that. So yeah. we do accept that. We will be cutting that off though in July. Okay. Mid July. Okay. So get get going if you want to raise your hand and be part yeah. of that. Um, yeah. Well, it's exciting, and I know this is just the first kind of inaugural uh, stop on the floral field trip. This is a, a trip that's never going to end. It sounds like. <laughs> what do you have planned for? <laughs> what do you have planned for twenty twenty? Twenty twenty, we are heading to the West Coast. Um, hopefully in March. Um, and that will be probably, we're probably going to add another day in there just cause that's a bigger trip. Um, and we are probably going to hit up four to five different farms on that trip. Okay. But this is a, um, a, each year we want to do one major trip and hopefully we'll work up to maybe two trips a year, but we want this to gain, um, traction and just for there to be repeat customers. We want them to follow us around the country and, just grow their uh, farmer directory of where they can source, um, whether it's directly from the farms or it's through wholesalers. And, you know, on each trip, we're partnering up with different wholesalers that pull these farms products so that the attendees not only are meeting with the farmers, but they're also meeting with the wholesaler representatives and, and having those options. So really our goal is just to set our peers up for success that when they return home, they can make immediate change and feel empowered to do this successfully. That it's not just a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. I think it's exciting. And I, um, I know that this is a deeply personal project for both of you. So if, you know, before we wrap up, I wonder if you both would take a little bit of time and talk about, um, you both have alluded to like having this practice over the last five or six years in your careers. Um, and I know it's, at some point, you probably both felt kind of alone and isolated. Now you are you are BFFs, and you've come together and probably find encouragement in in bouncing these sort of thoughts and, and decisions uh, off of each other. But but at the beginning, it wasn't like that, was it? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us how tell us how you um, both of you, uh, if you could both take a minute and talk a little bit about your journey, and then how you kind of discovered that you were had mutual interests um, to team up on. I know you've teamed up on a many collaborations, so we will we'll probably have to mention all of those too. Yeah. So um, I started in 2011 doing just weddings and events. Um, and right from the start, I wanted to work with only American grown flowers. And I'm really blessed where I am in New England that we have an amazing growing scene happening right now. A lot of young female farmers, which mm -hmm. is really cool to see. Um, and we also have our new floral reserve wholesaler, Samia Dunn. Um, so it's just really encouraging. It's an exciting time to be a floral designer. There's lots of options. 
Um, and I'm just so excited that, you know, Kelly and I are now doing something to further the industry a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But we did meet in 2014 in New York at the Chapel Designers Conference. Um, I was paired up with Mary Kate as her, her mentor. Um, she was new that year to the conference. And so we got paired up and we were both young moms and um, got put together in a hotel room. And, <laughs> you know, you get real close and you chat about things. And we were excited to be away from our kids and have adult conversations so we talked about everything and we just really developed um, an amazing friendship um, and business relationship where when we left that trip we I wasn't the last time Mary Kate was sourcing um, American grown and I was just entering into figuring that out and so I felt like I had an ally mm-hmm. and it wasn't as scary so you know, probably on the weekly, we're texting each other, wondering, where are you sourcing this? How are you getting that? You know, we, we both have all this knowledge that we have gathered over the years individually, and we share with each other. And that's why we wanted to start the field trip, because this information is not something we want to keep to ourselves. We want to see this floriculture industry thrive, and we want everybody to be successful on the farmer side and also on the florist side. And you can't do that if you're keeping all the information to yourself. So it's really important just, you know, in our daily business, but also in our partnering up, you know, last summer we spoke at um, your summit in Washington, D.C. And that was one of our, no, that was our second collaboration because we had teamed up um, as co-lead for the First Ladies Luncheon um, a few months before that. And that was our first um, time working together we just jive really well. We um, balance each other out, kind of yin and yang. Uh, we're two different personalities, but it works really well. You know, the north and the south. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have to say that um, the presentation that you, co- you, the two of you developed for the 2018 Silflower Summit was very much on the theme of what you're, you've you know, sort of evolved your, your um, you know, from being presenters to being tour leaders of, you know, finding ways to work with uh, farmers um, and developing that as sort of the core of your business and mission, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it kind of grew out of that time together. Um, last summer, I put a floral retreat together in Alaska. Um, for me, having gone the summer before when I was the field of a featured designer in Alaska, and I spent a week on the farm and you were there with me also. Um, that was just a life-changing week for me. And it really um, kind of sealed the deal for me and wanting to change the way that I was running my business and how I was conducting my relationships in the business. Mm. So that seed was planted for me. And I, I took four designers to Alaska with me last summer just to kind of see what this felt like, you know, to spend a week with, my peers on a flower farm. Now, does everybody have time to spend a week on a farm? No. So we, you know, when we came together, Mary Kate had her own ideas of what this looked like. And we just kind of melded our ideas together and created something that was realistic for our peers Mm -hmm. who are busy every weekend. But, you know, if you look at other um, retreats or workshops out there, 
they tend to go Sunday through Tuesday or Sunday through Wednesday, and that allows you on both ends of the weekend to still be able to conduct business. Absolutely. And, and yeah. do it successfully. Yeah. But you've got to carve out that time. You know, um, you can't be afraid to step away from your business for a couple of days to grow deeper and then just get back into the thick of it. But you're, you've got to carve that time out. Otherwise, you're going to grow stale and you're yeah. not you're not going to be able to make change. Well, just listening to both of you, I I can't help but want to comment on the fact that you've both moved into this, what I would say is the part of your business where, I mean, yes, everybody wants a good price and wants a bargain, but you're not having to, uh, you know, get into this sort of uh, chasing the price down competition with other designers because you have this differentiation. You have this... Um, kind of secret sauce that hopefully the clients that find you appreciate and know that there's, they're getting so much value for uh, the services you provide, but your confidence about the product knowledge allows you to be, you know, be able to, I guess, be confident about the price you charge. Um, yeah. And to even be able to sell that to our product, our uh, clients. Right. You know? Right. I didn't know how I mean, we want to talk about that. Go ahead. We want to do that in our breakout sessions. We want to like talk about how to advertise it, how to pitch it, what that looks like. You know, I think anytime you can back it up with solid knowledge, that client is going to say, yeah, okay, you're the expert. I trust you. Let's I love this. that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that I'm going to see you first in July, on July 1st and 2nd at the Slow Flower Summit in Twin Cities. Thank you both for returning. Uh, Won't it be enjoyable to just sit there in the audience and network and, and not have the pressure of, of having to present? <laughs> it is exciting. Well, and it's exciting to see your lineup. Um, just what powerful people that are really making headway in the in the movement. Um so Good. we were so blessed to be a part of it last summer and be part of the Slow Flowers uh, Society now, which I love that you changed the name because it really uh, embodies what you've created. So Thanks. We, Thanks. You know, well, good. We well, we're part of it. Well, I think you'll meet a, uh, a good group of folks who will want to learn more about uh, the floral field trip, too. So, um, you know, we have attendees coming from all over the country, and um, I know that people who there's sort of a certain type of person who loves to travel and loves to change the scenery and be inspired by something completely outside of their uh, more familiar environment. And um, that's really what you're offering with um, the floral field trip too. I, I think what you said about travel is so essential, uh, Kelly, that, you know, we have to, we have to step away from the, the everyday and, and, cast our eyes on something different just so our brains can maybe open up and be willing to accept, you know, sort of new ideas that they might be in you, but yeah. you just haven't been able to nurture them. Uh, Cause you're just, you know, nose to the grindstone, you know, cranking out proposals. And I know that you're both entering probably your busy seasons too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even just these two days away, it's just, it kind of just resets you and you go back and you feel refreshed and you feel inspired and you're ready to just work even harder. And, um, you know, I don't worry about getting product anymore. That was a huge fear when I first started because I, I was very limited in how I was sourcing. Now I have sources all over the country and, you know, mother nature, mother nature controls all of us. We, <laughs> we don't know her. 
So um, we have to be prepared, you know, for whatever is going to happen. And um, if we only have one wholesaler and one farm that we're sourcing from, we're going to set ourselves up for failure. So this is really about, you know, the product knowledge um, and setting yourself up for success to not worry anymore and to just be confident each week as your product's coming in. That is such a good point. And I do remember our conversations a couple of years ago, Kelly, where you were really trying to like walk this new path and, you know, model some of the things that you, you and Mary Kate have been talking about. And like, you had a little bit of a panic there thinking, oh, I, I've got this commitment to domestic sourcing, but I don't know if I can actually, you know, put, pull it all together on the date that I need yeah. it because, because you didn't have, I mean, I think you've been doing this research for, for the last three or four years. So you've, now you've got this amazing Rolodex, both of you. And, um, yeah, that's and you're, the fact that you are willing to share that with others is really exciting. That's great. I was just <laughs> laughing when you're talking about mother nature, Kelly, because uh, I just did this photo shoot this week for uh, better homes and gardens that I produced. And, um, this garden, uh, had, uh, a residential garden, amazing LA of tree roses on standards under underplanted with peonies on either side of the path. It was like the, like the money shot. Right. And mm-hmm. it was all about when are they, is everything going to be in bloom at the perfect time? And my editor sent an email to the photographer and me, and she's of course back in Iowa. And she said, I, you're going to guarantee that the peonies and roses are blooming at the same time, right? <laughs> Just like, yeah, I said, yeah, I, I know in the garden, I sent a note back. I'm like, haha, I'm going to guarantee it, but I don't know if mother nature is <laughs> it's like, right. it's the same thing that oh, wow. you guys are up against. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. We, we totally get it. It's just, yeah. It worked out. I, I had to give up that control a long time ago because it, it will just, it'll destroy your business. I know. Like, I, yeah. I know when I interviewed it, Mary, it sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up. I know when, oh, no, no. I know when I interviewed Mary Kate, uh, the story we did about American grown weddings for, um, florist review. I think you talked a lot about that, Mary Kate, in terms of how, what you're actually, uh, I don't know if selling is the right word, but presenting to your couples is uh, more about palette and aesthetic and seasonality and not locking yourself into specific, uh, promise yeah. blooms, right? Yeah, never promise. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, and you're you're an artist. You're in control, and that is part of that product knowledge and having that confidence to sell a look rather than specific flowers. You know, that, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, like up here in Vermont right now, there about two weeks behind, um, which in his 20 years, he has never had, he said. And that's unnerving for him. Mm. He has historical data that he bases everything off of. But, you know, what was it, Mary Kate? It's just been really rainy and cold. Yeah, um, so things are delayed. Seasonably. So it changes things. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's just nature of the business. And if you're changing the way that you're sourcing, you have to understand those those factors that are going to play a part in how you're sourcing and just understanding all the variety out there so that if you're needing a blue flower, you're not just hoping that it's delphinium, but maybe it's cornflower, maybe it's, you know, um, mascara, whatever the case mm-hmm. that, that it's like Mary Kate sells. 
more based on palette and texture rather than a Pinterest copied bouquet. <laughs> right. Well, ladies, this yeah. has been really fun, and I'm so glad that we, we've been trying to do this interview for, um, well, a about six weeks. So <laughs> I'm delighted that I could get you on the line when you're together and you're on the road in Vermont scouting for the rest of us so that when we come to the floral field trip, it's going to be um, a well-oiled machine and, and everybody's going to have a delightful time. And I'm really excited for you. I think this is a, a model that we haven't seen. We are too. Thanks, Deborah. We're we're really excited, and we can't wait to meet everybody that's going to join us. Um, the spots are filling up, and we just can't wait to see everybody else that's going to join us. Great. Anything else uh, you want to add before we uh, sign off? No, I think just if you're on the fence about it, you know, message us, send us an email. Like we'd love to set up a time to chat with you, um, do a FaceTime call, whatever the case, and just mm -hmm. answer your questions. Um, we are highly approachable and. Um, we're here to help. Yeah, we, we want to develop the relationships and, um, you know, we're not, we're not just faces behind pictures on Instagram. We're real people that are out there, you know, you know, and grind with um, our peers. So um, we know what they're going through and we can answer those questions and, and help guide them. That sounds great. Well, I'll be thinking of you both tomorrow as you check out the, uh, the yurts. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we can't wait. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. We really uh, value the time to chat with you. You bet. And I know that um, you have some photos of the farm and the venue that um, I've seen, and we, we did a little post on the soulflowersjournal.com website. So I'll pull some of those photos and share them in our show notes if people have missed that. And uh, maybe if, if there's anything that you guys uh, want to share, we'll add, add to the um to the gallery that we put in, uh, in the show notes at deborahprinzing.com for this episode. So thanks, both of you, and I will see you very soon. Bye-bye. much for joining my conversation with Mary Kate and Kelly. To learn more about these women and their passion for domestic and seasonal flowers from farms across the U.S., read the Q&A we posted at Slow Flowers Journal earlier this year. I'll share a link in today's show notes. I think you'll find it super inspiring and informative. Our second sponsor spotlight today goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit Longfield Gardens at longfield-gardens.com. Another wonderful gift is coming to the Slow Flowers Summit attendees from Longfield Gardens. I have just have to share it because it's super generous. Longfield Gardens will provide a $25 shopping gift card to each attendee. That's going to give you an incredible jump start with your fall bulb order, folks. So check out the online catalog and start planning ahead with your list of yummy tulips, narcissus, alliums, and specialty bulbs to order and plant soon if you attend the Slow Flowers Summit. And now let's visit the state of Minnesota. It is so appropriate to land here as we continue our alphabetical tour of all 50 states of Slow Flowers. That's from Alabama to Wyoming. But our guests will be in attendance at the Slow Flowers Summit in St. Paul, Minnesota in just a few weeks. Please meet Randy Greiner of Beezy's Blooms based in Malacca, Minnesota. 
She is a Slow Flowers member and a farmer florist who is a participating farm of the Twin Cities Flower Exchange, our co-host for the upcoming summit. When visiting the Twin Cities last summer, founder Christine Hoffman of the Twin Cities Flower Exchange took me out to visit a couple of her favorite farms, including Beezy's Blooms. I was so impressed with what I saw, and I was inspired to meet Randy and her husband Jeff, young agricultural entrepreneurs who have a big vision for their land, their flowers, and their community. Check out photos of this farm and see Randy's floral designs in today's show notes. And please, let's enjoy our stop in Minnesota. I'm so excited today to, to move our conversation about the 50 states of slow flowers to the wonderful state of Minnesota. And my guest today is Randy Greiner of Beezy's Blooms. Hi, Randy. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's <laughs> such an honor. Well, thanks. And my honor was getting to visit your farm and see your beautiful flowers last summer when I was in uh, St. Paul uh, visiting Twin City Flower Exchange. Christine Hoffman took me on an outing up to your farm, and that was pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, that was a huge honor, too, to have <laughs> you come all the way up here and see everything and get to meet you. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, when you say come all the way up here, give us a <laughs> snapshot of Beezy's Blooms and where you are on the map. So, I mean, we're about an hour and 15 minutes north of Minneapolis and St. Paul, but to the majority of Minnesota, it seems like we're pretty far north. <laughs> when I tell people where Malacca is, they're like, oh my gosh, you're way up there. And it's really not that far, but we are out in the country and pretty close to the lakes where everybody goes, you know, to their cabins up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it took about maybe 40 minutes or so to drive up to your farm. I can't remember exactly, but... Yeah, depending on traffic. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, first of all, tell us who Beezy is, because that's not your name, unless it's your nickname. Yeah, so it is actually one of my nicknames <laughs> from when I was growing up. Um, I'm, I was always doing something like off doing my own little thing, little projects running around and my aunt gave me that nickname and it just stuck with me. Mm. And when I rebranded uh, my business a couple of years ago, I had been out working in the field and been trying to think of something unique and that just, it hit my heart and touched it in the right place. And I went with it. Kind of like a busy bee. Yeah, exactly. And you have, I'm sure, plenty of busy bees in reality, uh, it, because I, I think that you're pretty sustainable in your growing practices, right? Yes. Yep. We practice uh, sustainable and organic growing methods to the best that we possibly can. We're not certified. Um, yeah. We try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that's an issue for a lot of people. It's just kind of a big hurdle to become certified organic especially for a diversified small flower farm. So you're, yes. you're walking the talk anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, and I always think about like every single thing that we do out in the field about how it's going to affect the bees, the butterflies, like all the beneficial insects mm. and to not harm anything else on the earth. And that's just a huge, huge part of what we do in our growing practices here on the farm. Mm. And as I recall, you have a lot of critters and animals uh, living <laughs> there with you and your husband, right? Yeah. So we have three dogs. We have um, four pigs. We raise pigs during the summer months. And we've got about 55 chickens and four ducks. 
Oh, I forgot about the ducks. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's fun. There's always something going on. We've just had a couple of the hens hatching chicks, like the natural way. And that's the first time that's happened on the farm. And so oh my gosh, that's so fun cool. time of year. So uh, Randy, when did you start the business and uh, did you start it at your property now? Or is this sort of uh, something you grew into? Yeah, so this is something I grew into. It's really been quite a journey for my husband and I. As I lived in Colorado right after high school, was there for almost nine years. And I started my business out there when I was 22 and hey, decided... Hey, the cut flower business? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I just fell in love with horticulture and um, flowers in particular approached a local farm that was just in walking distance down the road from where I lived and asked them about adding flowers to their uh, program in the farmer's market. And they said yes. And so I jumped in that next season and got my hands dirty. And it was all pretty much self-taught other than what I'd known in my horticulture classes. And um, we moved to a couple different places, different rental places while we lived there, and then moved back here to Minnesota in 2016, because this is where I'm from. And we moved in with my dad and started my farm up there. And then just November of 2017, we bought this property. <clears throat> So we haven't wow. been here. This is our second season growing here. Wow. And what's your husband's name again? I can't remember, but he's, he's a sweetie. Yeah, his name is Jeff, and he really is the other half of the business. You just don't see his face as much. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for mentioning him. I, I, I think it's, people think I have an invisible husband, too, so it's nice to give him a <laughs> shout out. Um, when you said you were with your dad, uh, was that in, in the area by, is it Malaga? Is that the name of the town? Malaga, yeah. Malacca. So I was in, in Princeton, and it's just about 10 minutes south of where we are now. So you had a sense of the what the climate was like, what the environment was like, and you just were trying to shop around to find a, a piece of property that you could both live and work on, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, we were looking for more of like a forever home. Mm. And something with good um, land that we could farm on and within a reasonable price. And that's why we ended up a little bit further north. But it's we love it. We mm. couldn't be happier. That's neat. How much acreage do you have at the farm? We've got 10 acres. Okay. Well, you had it seemed to me that you have a lot of room to expand. You, you've just really got the, the growing. The field crops are kind of in that one space closer to the highway where I suppose people can see the flowers when they're driving by, which was that intentional or? That was intentional. Yes. Mm. For your future, uh, destination flower farm business. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. And it is funny when I go places in town, you know, if I have to give my address, people will ask where it is and then be like, Oh my gosh, are you the, are you the girl who grows all of that stuff by the highway? So people do notice. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, wonderful. But that, that area um, is, I mean, not taking up all the land you have for sure, right? Right. It's about, we're growing about an acre worth of flowers right now between our annual and perennial fields. And of course, there's always dreams to mm -hmm. expand and do some other projects in the future. Did you plant all those perennials you had corralled in your driveway when I was there? Yes, and so many more since then. <laughs> so, t okay, t 
just tell everybody how you kind of handle perennials versus the the annuals, which were like in rows in the field. Do you do something different with the perennials? Yeah. Um, so one thing that I try to do since all of our stuff is field grown, we don't have a hoop house or greenhouse yet, is we rent this uh, special attachment for the tractor that mounds the rows. And we do that because we get so much rain here and we have a clay soil. And if they weren't raised up a little bit, oftentimes the field would flood out. Mm. So that helps a lot with that. And that's done in both the annual and perennial field. And then um, for the first time, I started using the landscape fabric and burning holes. And I did that in the perennial field to help with maintenance. And um, mm. we got a lot of the perennials, which you saw from Bailey's and did through their wholesale. And then the rest of them have been started from seed um, here in my basement and Green Earth Growers, which they're yeah. hosting dinner. They custom grow some things for me because I don't have enough room. Wow. That's so, I mean, you're, you're being a kind of creative in multiple sources. Uh, but I have to say, starting perennials from seed is like the long game. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, I figured I have a lot of time, I hope. So <laughs> yes, you're young. <laughs> In 40 years, they'll be really healthy perennials. Yeah. Even this year, it's amazing to see the growth just from last fall. And we put in over 200 peonies and seeing all of them come through. And mm. yeah. So our, okay, we're talking on uh, June 12th. Are your peonies, um, are you harvesting them right now? Or what? where are they in there? Is it because of their first year plants you're not going to harvest this year? Yeah, so I had some that I had planted at my dad's house when we first moved back that are well established that I transplanted. So I'll be, they're like just budding out and I'll be getting some cuts. But otherwise, since I started the peonies, um, from the roots, it'll be three years yeah. till we'll really get a full harvest, but yeah. they're budding and I'll be able to use some short stems and a few things. That's wonderful. So you are a farmer florist, you're both grower and designer, right? Yes. And how do you set that up with your business? Um, tell me all the pieces of the pie. Um, well, balance is one of my favorite words. <laughs> Um, at least it's not a dirty word, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. And I use that a lot. I just think it, if you have balance in your life in every, every corner, it, it's, it's, it does amazing things. So I try to use that as well in my business. And as far as the love that I have for the farming side and the design side, it's really a 50, 50. Mm. And so, you know, with growing, having the Twin Cities Flower Exchange here has been a game changer and just such a blessing to all of the local farmers here and getting our product out there and having a place for all of it to go. And then as far as designing goes, I do, um, for the most part, I do weddings and events. And I just got married three years ago and just... I absolutely love weddings mm. and it's such a special, special rewarding event to be a part of and getting to know all my couples and playing such a big role in their special day. So that's the biggest thing. And then I've also started teaching workshops and we have a bouquet share as well. Wow. And are you doing the workshops at the farm? So last summer I did my first one and we hosted it at the farm 
And it's nice doing that because it's a little more hands-on and I can take everyone out to the field and let them see how we grow things in the harvesting process. But since we are a little further north, I've started trying to work with some local businesses um, more closer to the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. So this year I've done one so far at a brewery as well as a wine restaurant. And I've got another one set up at both of those places um, in August. Oh, great. Do you have uh, a calendar of your workshops on your website? I do. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, we'll share that so people can um, see how you're setting them up. And I think a lot of this is just truly marketing. Like you're outreaching to uh, people who now will know about you because of their association with that brewery or that wine shop. And then they can take the workshop, but maybe be future customers for your flower shares or something like that. Right. Right. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah. before we go on too far, I just want to back up a little bit and ask you about how you transitioned from horticulture to floriculture. So did you study horticulture uh, in undergraduate? Yeah, so I just went to the community college mm. out there. And after I was there for a little bit, I started to feel lost in what I wanted to do and just started taking different electives and took my horticulture class and was hooked. Mm. Um, and just I planted my first garden that year and started teaching myself how to cook by going to the farmer's market and buying things that I'd never seen before and just different things like that. Um, I give a lot of the credit, too, to Michael Pollan reading his books mm, mm -hmm. throughout my horticulture program and just learning about the whole backside of all that. That's so, so cool. Yeah, and then it transitioned. I originally had this dream that I was going to have this little farm and like a farm to table restaurant open May to October with like a chalkboard as a menu. But I was a waitress for six years. <laughs> and kind of slapped myself in the face one day and was like, Randy, are you crazy? And <laughs> why? Because it's like, you're just going to build de develop yourself a, a minimum wage job as a waitress. <laughs> Well, yeah, and in dealing with people's food, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's a tough tough industry. It's a mm -hmm. beautiful industry, but a tough one at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the flowers came along. As I had started reading, um, growing from market mm. as well, mm -hmm. and I read a lot of um, Florette's articles that mm -hmm. she used to write in there. And it things just kind of started churning and nobody was really growing flowers or doing any of that. You know, it was before Instagram and all of that when I first started doing this. And I had this dream one night about growing flowers and I told my husband the next day and he was like, I'm with you if that's what you want to do. And it just kind of took off ever since then. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. And, and the fact that you had a skill set of horticulture, it translated pretty easily to just growing a, a different type of crop. And obviously you had, you know, have p trial and error and all of that, but it, you know, you didn't just start with no skills. You, you really brought, you brought a skill set of growing to, to fl your farm. Yeah. And at least understanding um, plants. Cause I think that's the biggest thing is on like a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't grow anything. I'm like, well, you just have to do it and understand your plants and you learn about them you grow with them as they grow <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well I'm so excited Randy that I'm going to be heading back to your neighborhood uh very soon uh for the slow flower summit on uh July 1st and 2nd and I'm so glad I'll see you there um 
I'm glad that you have carved out the time to get away from the farm and be part of that that two-day extravaganza. It's, I'm just thrilled. Yes, I'm so excited. I, I can't wait to learn. I think that's one of the best things about being in this industry is you're constantly learning and growing and there's so many opportunities to make connections and connect, you know, with the local community. So I can't wait to learn and just see you and everybody else there get to meet some new faces and yeah yeah it'll be great and we'll learn a lot about the flower scene in minnesota and it sounds like well i've had past guests on the podcast who are other farmers and of course christine hoffman from twin cities flower exchange but do you feel like there's really something magical going on right now in terms of the consumer sentiment and um what's happening in the floral design side with sort of caring about where their flowers come from? I do. Yeah, I really do. And I think that movement is huge. You know, we really saw it kind of happen in the um, vegetable and, and meat industry with supporting local farmers and people caring more about where their food is sourced from. And I see that really happening with flowers now too. And especially it's really fun in the wedding industry to have brides that care about that and understand the um, the seasonality of of your, their blooms and how they're being grown and being okay with me using whatever in season and letting my field dictate what goes into their bouquet. So that's been really special too. Wow, that's great. Well, how can people come visit you on your farm? So we are hosting an open farm day with Pluck Flower Farm, who she's just a couple miles down the road from me, Rachel. She's awesome. And so we're doing a combined event. It's on Saturday, July 27th. And it starts at her farm from 11 to 1. And she'll be doing field tours. She'll have farm yoga, um, make your own bouquet. And then you can come down the road to our farm here. And we will also have field tours and I have someone catering in barbecue so you can buy lunch. I'm going to do flower crown demonstrations and have a floral wall for photo opportunities. Oh, my goodness. That sounds awesome. Okay, anybody listening who wants to make a day trip up north, as they say, (laughs) um, I don't know what what county are you in? We're in Mille Lacs County. Oh, Mille Lacs County. Okay, so that's yeah. that's just that's just the perfect outing for a uh, a late weekend in July. So I'm I I don't think I can come, but I'll be watching your Instagram <laughs> feed to see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Will you share photos? Uh, actually, I have photos that I took when I visited you, but you might have some photos of your design work that I'd love to share, um, Randy, so people can get to know you a little bit more and uh, see what's happening in Minnesota on the farm. Yes, I would love to do that. That's great. Oh, this has been super talking to you. I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. And um, thanks for putting Minnesota on the map for the 50 States of Slow Flower series. Thank you so much for having me, Deborah. And I will see you in a few weeks. (laughs) Okay, take care. (laughs) Thank you. joining my conversations with Kelly and Mary Kate, as well as with Randy. These women are a lot like you, creatively driven, 
committed to making the earth a better place, living their values of sustainability and local sourcing, and making sure the beauty they offer the world honors the origin of each bloom by celebrating the flower farmer who grew it. I'm so grateful to you for joining me and for spending your time listening to the Slow Flowers podcast. Thank you to our entire community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement as our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry. The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thanks today is Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. If you haven't yet heard about Mornings with Mayesh, a Facebook Live interview series hosted by the super smart and funny Yvonne Ashton, Mayesh's Director of Marketing, well, now you better check it out. And you have a chance to hear my appearance, which was last Tuesday, when Yvonne invited me to return to her Mornings with Mayesh as a guest. We discussed our collaboration, including American Flowers Week and the upcoming Slow Flowers Summit. That was live, but... Yvonne records the audio and reposts it as a podcast, and I will share the link to that in today's show notes. I have to add a shout out to Mayesh for agreeing to provide all the flowers for our Slow Flowers Summit capstone speaker, Whit McClure of Whit Hazen. She's going to have a beautiful design demonstration, and we're so pleased that that's working out. Thank you, Mayesh. The Summit. Folks, it is almost here. The third annual Slow Flowers Summit, which has been cultivated and nurtured like a seedling over the past year and is now ready to bloom. I hope you can join me at our vibrant and engaging lineup of presenters on July 1st and 2nd in St. Paul, Minnesota. The countdown has begun with just a few weeks to go before I see you in the Twin Cities. We've already sold more tickets than last year's sold out conference and there are a few tickets left, so please don't delay anymore. Visit today's show notes for links to more details or head straight to slowflowersummit.com to grab your space and join us. And if you're sitting on the fence and you need a little message from the universe to say, yes, make the commitment to attend, here's some incentive from me. I have a limited number of VIP promo codes for $50 off your registration. If you want to grab one, send me an email at deborahprinzing at gmail.com and I'll see it and I'll send you a link with uh, the promo code to the first 10 listeners who reach out. We want to see you there as part of the creative community and the important conversation taking place among the Slow Flowers supporters. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 481,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table one base at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Music.